Welcome to Sober Doc Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober Doc Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober Coffee Podcast and on Twitter at Sober Coffee Pod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, Mikey, what's going on, man? Uh, Good morning. I'll tell you what, I'm juiced up right now. We got a guest with a table for three today with Natalie. We got our favorite table for three in the back of the coffee shop so we can just have some chats. And she walked into the shop, went up to the counter, and guess what she delivered for me? Well, let me me full (laughs) transparency. Smiling, right. Full transparency. So, yes. Natalie, welcome. Great to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining us. Looking forward to having some chats. Um, I and Natalie are drinking delicious black coffee. Tall blacks. Tall blacks. Tall blacks. Right. Um, How about Mikey? Love it. Now, Mikey's got a coffee Mikey. with 17 pumps of something, 17 sugars, 17 some creams. Sugars. I got some cream, some vanilla, some almond, some chocolate, some whipped cream. I'm not even sure there's coffee in there. <laughs> so... All I know is I'm probably going to start this episode very calmly, and then as the caffeine and the sugar kick in, you probably have 17 espresso shots in there too. I'll tell you what. <laughs> so it's a gallon. It's a gallon tall. Yeah, I'm so Natalie, excited. Great to have you. Yeah, here. so awesome. excited to have you, Natalie. Thank you. And thanks Morning. for the coffee. This is so great, uh, Natalie. I know from the rooms, and uh, and plus an experience we're going to talk about it. And I could go ahead and throw this out there. If you get a chance, uh, go back and and listen to or. It's coming out, uh, the Attitude on Gratitude, um, or the Attitude on Gratitude, the uh, uh, Session on Gratitude, yes. right, is going to be a good one. Yep. Natalie's going to share something pretty powerful there. So, yeah, that's yeah. Cool. so this is fun. So, go ahead, Glenn. No, you were going to say something profound. I, I, no, I, just I saw gonna, profoundness there. No, I got some, <laughs> I got some gears mixed up thinking about gratitude because yeah. you know I, gratitude drives a lot of what I do I mean I just so it's just such a great byproduct of of living in sobriety you know it's hard to get it's hard to get all bent with the bad attitude when you got gratitude in your head it's like I want to be mad you know but, but I want to be mad but I got this overwhelming sense of gratitude and all of a sudden it kind of really waters down my the whole point of being angry yeah, you know what's to me? It's just like serving. You can't be pissed off at somebody while you're serving. Yeah, right. You just can't. I mean, it's, it's, it like doesn't work that way in the brain. So, Natalie, great to have you. We're gonna um, dig into your story. Thanks for joining us. Um, Natalie's got a great story. I know part of it. Looking forward to hearing all of it. And um, you know, for the folks listening, what we do is we we break these down in, into three sections, right? You know, one is experience, you know, what we went through, kind of drinking. The, na- the nasty, not, but not the drunk log. Yeah, we uh, don't get too much in drunk logs, no. but, you know, it provides a point of perspective. Where I was. Yeah, and then secondly is uh, strength, right? What did we do? What what change did we make? What did we do, as I like to say, in the sober gym? What I learned. Yeah, and then, or, or I'm still learning. And then uh, thirdly is hope, right? Mm. Experience, strength, and hope. Um, you know what? What happened? What what promises are coming true, or what promises do we still hope are going to come how true? I'm, how I'm living? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, uh, Nally, we will kick it off to you again. Welcome. Awesome. Okay, great. Cheers so with the much, tall guys. black coffees. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. So yeah, um, I am an alcoholic, as you guys could guess. Hey, you're in a good place. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're in the right corner of the coffee shop. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, I guess a little. Uh, 
a bit about where I came from and, and what got me here. Um, I do work in healthcare, so COVID is definitely a part of my story. Um, I think that it was the perfect combination witnessing some, some you know, extreme suffering at my work and stuff like that that really brought me to my rock bottom. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's so different to, to look back now. My life is so different now. I'm coming up on, I have a little bit over seven months of sobriety, Yay. so I'm still a, a very Man, much awesome. a newbie. I want to like, ring a bell or oh something. My gosh, that's so it's exciting. Really, it's really crazy. I can't believe I've made it this far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that COVID brought up two, two big things uh, that, that made my drinking very uh, obvious that I didn't want to... Uh, continue continue doing it it just was making my life really really bad um but two things i i definitely started to associate drinking with bad stuff instead of good stuff you know when you start out drinking i was in high school when i started drinking and it was the fun stuff right and uh i started yeah i definitely started using alcohol more to numb pain and to uh kind of check out and uh, COVID also pointed that out to me extremely because you couldn't socially drink anymore, right? You couldn't yeah, go right. out with your friends anymore uh, and kind walking of cover to, walking, up. Walking into an empty bar. Right. right. You mm-hmm. couldn't cover up the uh, the fact sure. that you just wanted to drink. That's a good you didn't point. really even right. want to see. You know, I, now I've had some time to reflect and I wonder how how much of a good friend I was being when I would meet my friends out all the time or if I just really wanted to drink, you know. Um so that that combination of of isolating and and still wanting to drink was just kind of scary to me. Um, and of course, working in healthcare too, I got a front seat to what the end stages of alcoholism looks like, uh, which is horrific. And um, you know, I just didn't want to go down that path. Now my my sponsor has a really great way of explaining it to me. She says, I, before I came to the program, I knew that I couldn't control my drinking. Now I know that as powerlessness and unmanageability, but before I just knew I can't control my drinking and I don't know why I'm constantly drinking more than I want to. I'm blacking out when I don't want to. I'm embarrassing myself and, you know, being mean and, you know, all these character defects that are coming out. And now my sponsor has kind of taught me when you meet that criteria of um, powerlessness with alcohol, it's like you're at the top of an elevator and then the elevator starts to go down, right? And you might uh, embarrass yourself and the elevator's going down. You might get a DUI or you might get arrested or you might lose some relationships or you might, and it's your choice whenever you want to get off, you know? And I think that my, my experience in healthcare, although it's been, it's been kind of tough to witness some people that are sick and things like that, it's, it showed me a really, you know, a front seat to where I'm going to end up if I continue to drink and knowing that I can't control it. Um, so um, I had to get off that elevator. Yeah. I, and I tried to do it myself a couple times. Um, oh. And I failed, of course. Uh, most I ever got to was 50 days. And I thought, I think that those, those uh, short periods of sobriety fed my ego a little bit. But then every time I would go back to drinking, it was just that utter humiliation and demoralization and et cetera. Um, so I said, I think I need some help to get sober. Um, and, uh, I who'd you, who'd you say, say that to? Uh, you know what? The, the morning of the, 
the first day that I went to an AA meeting, I just had a, a an appointment with my primary care doc. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had anxiety. I thought that I was witnessing these things at work. And I thought that I was just getting anxiety. I was having really bad night terrors and stuff like that. And um, I, I lied about the substance abuse screening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, may, I may have fibbed along my way. Too. I lied. I lied about uh, how much I was drinking, but sure. I knew myself. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't I drink lie to socially. myself. I yes, drink, yeah. exactly. I couldn't. I couldn't lie to myself, and so it just. It was really. Um, it was just right in front of me. It was literally written on a sheet of paper, the substance abuse screening that I lied on, and then all of the symptoms that I was having, all of this anxiety, sleeping, weight gain, blah, 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 blah. And it was just, you know, an, one arrow straight to the other. It okay. was very obvious that all of the things that I was going through were because of drinking. Right. And the arrow pointed you to AA. Did you? How were you familiar with AA? Was there friends family in the program i had a counselor years ago that uh planted a seed tried to and her her husband was an alcoholic so i just thought she thought i was an alcoholic because her husband was an alcoholic it couldn't have been me right i was still very much i was only 24 at the time so i was still very much in denial um but she she just kept saying you know aa is is always available and and she just it just popped into my head i don't really know exactly what brought me to aa but um i searched on my phone that night after after the morning of going to the just my pmd's uh appointment aa meetings near me and at the time there was zoom mm. so brought me to zoom you logged on you logged on and said that had to be just such talk about anxiety (laughs) I wanted to keep my camera off yeah totally (laughs) a lot of people do I'm like I mean that takes to me I I think it's almost easier walking into a room because because you can physically get on your you you can get out of the room you can you can you can go to the parking lot you can change your mind in the parking lot once you log into that room there's this level of commitment I mean Mm -hmm. I just give you a lot of credit that's all I'm saying that's great I, I loved how you were describing and your sponsor about the elevator yeah, right. Um, I mean, that really clicked for me. To me, that talks about the progressiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you're on the path of drinking, right, once you take that first drink, you're on the path mm-hmm. somewhere, right? You, you could be, hey, social drinker, I can drink two times a year, never get hung over, no issues, and you're early on that path. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, somewhere along the path, there's that line, right? And, and then the elevator just keeps going down and down and down. I call it progressive um, you know, until you hit the bottom. And, and many times, you know, we continue to push additional floors, yeah. you know. I call it a typical Friday night for me when I was out there. <laughs> I mean, you hit like four uh, or five things, you did. relationships, health issues. I'm like, yeah, okay, that, that, that I did all that in one night. Keep going. Then I just kept pressing that down button, right? right. So what did you think that first, um, so I, I guess we're yeah. switching gears yeah. um, in, in, into the um, strength Sorry section what, what do we do so you locked in the zoom what did you think your first meeting how hard was it you obviously survived mm-hmm. you know what were some of the things that, that you were thinking oh i just bawled my eyes out uh, i bawled my eyes out and i remember two two people specifically really really stood out to me not because they said anything very profound but just because they genuinely seemed to care about what i was saying and um not uh they didn't come from a judgmental place. I, I definitely 
uh, felt a lot of shame for the fact that I was thinking that I was an alcoholic and, you know, a part of you knows, but, um, yeah, I, I just, there, there were two people specifically, and I'm still very close to them in the program that, that really just seemed to care. And I remember hearing the next night in the second meeting, I did the 90 for 90 because I was hanging by a thread Mm. and, uh, the next night they reread how it works. And I actually got to listen that time. And it said, uh, if you have decided you want what we have. And I couldn't deny that I wanted exactly what these two people showed me, just total um, non-judgmental, you know, welcomeness. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Can I jump on something real fast? 90 and 90, for those that are Mm -hmm. not familiar with the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, 90 and 90 is a recommendation, a suggestion that you take in a meeting a day for 90 days in a row. Mm -hmm. And when I first was introduced with that concept, I thought, well, you're asking a lot. I mean, you know, don't you know I got life? You know? I thought I would have it. Uh, I oh. thought I would have it nipped in the bud after ninety and ninety. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll do I know. 90 oh, and so 90. it's a, so it's a ninety day program. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me, okay, and I'll be perfect. Better, you know, yeah, right. Yeah, trust me. I, I thought that too. I'm but like, I'll, I'll, tell you what, right. I'll tell you what. That that setting the tone uh, is just set me on the right course in my life. Just setting the tone in, in my recovery. Just get it, making it a habit to be at a meeting mm-hmm. and making a meeting part of my everyday. Mm-hmm. Valuable. Yeah, so you, you you mentioned your sponsor. How long did it take you to get a sponsor? Oh, I did not get a sponsor the first whole month. I was I mm-hmm. was uh, convinced that I was going to relapse, and so I mm-hmm. didn't want to kind of bring somebody, bring somebody down else. with me <laughs> yeah. and make them feel that it was their fault. I was totally convinced of it. Wow. Um, so I didn't get a sponsor for a month. I did continue doing a meeting every day, and I had some contacts. All the girls are great about immediately getting you their numbers. Um And uh, so there were specific times where I reached out to people as kind of uh, temporary sponsors when I would have a really rough night or or things like that. But I didn't get a sponsor for a month. And then the first sponsor I did get, uh, I picked her out from um, the Women's International 24-hour line. Mm. Uh, I picked her out because she had a very cute Texas accent. <laughs> I wanted to work through the steps with her. Beautiful. And read through the big book with somebody with a really cute accent. So still, that is awesome. still <laughs> even at that point, I just was, I was taking this, the program seriously, but I needed some uh, joy in it, some fun in it. That's and, beautiful. And she really, she really has brought that to me. She's really, she was my temporary sponsor, and now I have a a, a sponsor that I'm going to be with through through step twelve. I'm still only on step seven right now, but working your through cur- them. Your and current sponsor have a British accent, or how does no, that play out? No, no accent, <laughs> no accent. But she lives in the states, so okay, all right. <laughs> so she keeps me. So how did you find you know? her? Uh, this one I found because I went to a women's meeting and bawled my eyes out. I mm-hmm. cried a lot at the, at the beginning of this. A, a Zoom or in-person women's meeting? I went to a Zoom okay. uh, meeting right. and um, I posted, I, you know, I was crying. And so they just said, you know, post your number. If you want, we'll post our numbers. And she called me after that meeting and just said, I think it's really important that you get a sponsor. If you don't want it to be me, I'll help you find somebody. But you're, you're, you only have so much sobriety and you're really strong struggling and I I definitely thought that getting a sponsor would make the program harder for me I had that in my mind for some reason and it's been the total opposite I myself make the program very very difficult when I try to handle it on my own right just like all of life if mm-hmm. I try to handle it on my own um, my sponsor has made it unbelievably easier uh, 
So, yeah, it's, it's been incredible to have my sponsor. I, I totally adore her. So, so I have a question, and I don't want to take you off track, but so are you, your meeting schedule, are you 80% Zooms, 50% Zooms, or still 100% Zooms as your meeting schedule? Um, I'm about 50-50 now. Okay. Yeah. I'm just asking because, again, I, you know, the, the, the world is a different place, and some meetings around the where, where people listening to this coffee, maybe they don't have availability to go to a face-to-face. Mm-hmm. And, and I look at, I sit across from somebody who's, I can see hope. Uh, I could see recovery in somebody who did it primarily with Zoom, but is now, now you have a hybrid. Yes. And that's why I'm so excited to talk about gratitude and stuff, guys, yeah. because, oh my gosh, the in-person stuff is just, uh, it, it's it's hard to explain, actually, how meaningful things are. You know, those, those Zoom meetings were a really good kind of bridge for me to mm-hmm. learn about the program and learn about the 12 steps and then... Now, seeing people in person, it's like those relationships are, it's magnified the way that you, the way that you feel connected to other people. Right. Um, you know, the, that first meeting where those two people stood out to me, now I feel that from an entire room of people that they genuinely uh, care about. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, unremarkable. I can't even explain. Yeah, it's, the, a, dy- it's a dynamic that's hard to, hard to yeah, describe to yeah. somebody who's, who hasn't experienced it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like relationships are one of your keys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. One of your things that you do in the sober gym that really help you is relationships. And what that rings a bell in my head is we don't do this alone. Right. You know, we no longer have to be alone and, and, and go through life alone. And it's that ability to, to just reach out and say, hey, I need some help. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen a more friendly environment than the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's stuff going on. And, and, hey, when I started going in, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't talk to anybody on my phone for a year. You know, now people, out, they want to have coffee with me. What are you, nuts? Mm-hmm. You know, and, oh, my gosh, AA bowling? Absolutely no way. Or <laughs> AA Uno? No way. Yeah. AA Uno? Is that such a thing? Oh, I did that for eight hours when no, I was in my rehab, it. my first rehab, <laughs> and oh, I almost went out me. and drank. It was so shoot painful. Me. Yeah, right. Well, and there's such a there's when I was drinking, I didn't think that there was a social life at no. all outside of drinking. So yeah, to so I have see to. I, I got to ask you a question. So, you when you started out telling your story, it seemed like you were the friend that just loved everybody so much. Hey, let's go out and have you know have a drink together. Let's check in. Let let's go have drinks together. Right. Mm-hmm. So what happens now that you're sober, right? With those friendships, are we still connected with them? Are they okay with you not drinking? Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm very lucky with the friends that I've got. Uh, I've My closest girlfriends I've had since I, uh, about fifth grade. So I've known them That's forever awesome. and ever. And I've been the drinker of the group. And I've been the one that kind of, in high school and in college, I would instigate the drinking. Oh, let's do shots. I was that, that person. And I thought that that's... You were the fun one. There was a part of me that thought that that's why they liked me. Right. You know, it, you, you, it's insanity. You, you really believe that alcohol is part of oh, who you amazing. are. Yeah. And, uh, and now it's been the total opposite. I, I'm so grateful that I'm more clear when I'm with them. Um, I'm actually, last, this time last year, I had them over. You guys know what Galentine's Day is? No. It is the Tuesday before Valentine's Day. You do it with your girlfriends, Galentine's Day, instead of Valentine's. Okay. So I had him over for Galentine's Day. This was when I was still drinking. And 
I had all this wine. I had all the, you know, they came to my house. We were just hanging out in my living room. And I drank everybody under the table, mm. ended up sleeping before they even left. Just totally embarrassed myself, wasn't even present. But at this time, I was paranoid about my drinking too. So I was like, oh yeah. gosh, my girlfriends have won two glasses of wine and I've had seven, eight. Are they noticing? All so these, you're counting. Yeah, yeah. all these paranoid <laughs> thoughts start coming in and... Um, you know, that made me drink more. <laughs> and so this year I'm having them over. Uh, we're doing a Friendsgiving and I'm going to host it. And I'm just so excited to be clear with them, yeah. to be present, to not worry about the fact that I might fall asleep. Are you kidding you me? Still you, know I mean? asleep. <laughs> you still might fall asleep. You still might fall asleep, but that's just from exhaustion. cooking turkey. Yeah, right. right. So, so, so yeah. that sounds like a great point of hope, right? Like, yeah. like so, so how is life today compared to how it was seven plus months ago? Oh my gosh, it's hard to perfect. even, it's not perfect at all. And that's, that's one thing I already know that I said wrong. I know that I said at the beginning that all of the problems in my life were related to alcohol and I've learned that that's not true. I do think that my ego thinking that idea brought me to AA, so I'm grateful for that. <laughs> but um, I know now that I have a lot of other work to do. But um, as far as how things are going now, I, I just couldn't have even pictured it when I was sick when I was drinking like that, I didn't think that there were, was fun. I didn't think that there was joy. Um, I, I thought that everything just revolved around drinking. I thought many, many, many people drank the same way that I did and would go home and drink alone by themselves after drinking out. And um, so it, it's, uh, it's a totally different... Um, I'm able to, Glenn, thank you for pointing out that relationship thing. My relationships are much deeper now. Um, and I think that that's so valuable to me. Uh, my relationship to other people is a lot more rich because I'm actually listening to them present. and I'm there. Yeah. Yes, I'm You're present, present sure. right? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that, that gift has been amazing in sobriety. You know what I heard? I heard a lot about community, a lot about relationships, and uh, a lot about meetings. But I also heard you real briefly said, and working the steps, and working with my sponsor mm -hmm. to work the steps. Mm -hmm. So there's curriculum behind your community. Mm -hmm. There's you got you got a program you're working to improve. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about yeah that experience? Yeah, yeah. So um, I didn't even start work, working the steps until I met my my most recent sponsor, um, and she's awesome about having physical things for us to do for the steps. So, um, oh gosh, I wish I had my big book, but um, in step um, seven. Um, we went to a, a stream. I wrote down all of my character defects, all of my resentments. I found stones, wrote, wrote them out, out physically on all the two stones. Of them? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope I'm not coming off that way because that <laughs> no, is not I the just, case. <laughs> no, during one of our sessions, we found out there's like 160, 190, 190 character defects. Character you can defects. Have. I'm like, yeah, I, got, right. I got most um, of them. <laughs> So I wrote them on these stones and I would throw the stones into the river oh, and it was awesome. a physical, a physical activity for us to do to let go of these, these character defects and let go of these resentments and That's also awesome. tied to nature, which has been super important to me too. Getting out into nature is just mm -hmm. such proof of a higher power. Right. Um, 
talking about the gratitude, the sunrise gratitude thing that we'll do later, I just looked around the whole time and said, you know, I didn't make that sunrise. I didn't make that water. I didn't make that, you know. So it's just such proof of a higher power, and that's been so important to me, That's really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, you know, certainly appreciate you jumping in and sharing your story. Loved it, Natalie. Thank you. You know, what I try to do is come up with a theme, right? And mm-hmm. and what really sticks out, you know, as we as we try to put a title on these sessions. And you know, um, you know, what really stuck out to me is you just got to a point, especially with your alcohol assessment with the doctor. Um, and what I wrote down is that you just couldn't lie to yourself anymore. And and that's so powerful, and it's such a, a, a meaningful point, and kind of where you 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 switch from the pain, and you start to get into the solution. That's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, it's great stuff. So Natalie. I love seeing you in the great. rooms. Yeah, I love it. Thanks, Thank Natalie, guys. for coming Thank in. You. Really appreciate great it. Great to have you. See you in the Zoom room. Yep. <laughs> All right. Bring us seventeen pumps of coffee, Mikey. That's right. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Natalie. Thanks, Natalie. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober.coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800-273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week. And remember, there is a solution. 